0: I don't know about you, uh, but I am sick of all the bad news that you hear when you turn on the news. I, these uh, random acts of violence, terrorism, and, and uh, people harming each other, these acts of violence on perfect strangers... Right, I'm just sick of hearing all of this bad stuff going on in our world. Right, and the doom and gloom about politics and, and wars and all of this—it just gets to be a way too much. I get sick of hearing all this bad news in our world. And you can ignore some of that to a point, right? You can turn off your TV, I suppose. You can not go online. You can you can you know cancel your subscription to the newspaper, right? And you can live a rather ignorant life and pretend that all those things aren't happening out there and day to day those things probably a whole lot don't affect you but that doesn't stop bad news from coming does it because bad news comes right to you bad news affects every day of your life doesn't it when you get that car repair bill that's going to cost a small fortune right? but you need that car to get back and forth to work Right? Or the boss calls you in and says, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're going to have to let you go. Or you're sitting in your doctor's office, and they say there's really not a whole lot more we can do. We can try chemo, I guess. Or you get news that your mom is being placed in hospice care in just as maybe a week or two. This bad news comes right into our lives, and you can't stop it, right? And I kind of get sick of it after a while, don't you? Just bombarded with bad news. And, and, and this bad news is sickening not just because it impacts my life, and it, and it you know, affects me in my everyday life, and it affects the people around me, but it's a constant reminder it's a constant reminder of the sin that resides within me, that, that all of this brokenness and sadness and loneliness and, and despair in this world is a result of sin coming to this world that, that resides right here within me. And that there's nothing I can do about it myself. And that, that realization that I have to stand before a holy God someday. And how am I going to answer it for myself? What am I going to say about all these sins that I carry and all the people that I've hurt and all of the, the evil thoughts that have gone through my mind for all those bad things that I've done that, that no one else saw but God did? Right? The bad news in this world and in my life is a constant reminder that sin is all around me and within me. And for that sin, God says, the holy God says, there's punishment. How about that for a joyful Christmas morning message, right? right but it's reality, isn't it? This is, this is life. This is real life. And the people of Isaiah's time were faced with bad news, too. This is nothing new in our world. You go back 2,700 years to the time of Isaiah, and they were getting bad news. Bad news that because of their sin, because of their disobedience to their faithful God, destruction was coming. God sent many prophets to his Old Testament people to say, I made you my chosen nation. I chose you to be my very own, and I blessed you. And I took you from being just a small family to being an entire nation, to bringing you into a promised land flowing with milk and honey. I promised that through you I was gonna bless all nations, that through your line a savior would come. I continue to provide for you every day, but yet you worship other gods. Yet you deny me. And because you don't heed the warnings of the prophets, you're not repenting, destruction is going to come. And it was no one's fault but their own. Bad news. Bad news that destruction's going to come and it's all because of what you have done. But yet in the midst of delivering this bad news, Isaiah brings some good news. That when the point seems that all hope is lost, at the point of despair, there's good news for you to hold on to. Good news that God will not abandon you. Good news that God is still faithful even when you are not. Good news... That God will still keep his promise, that you will be his chosen nation, and from you, that chosen, promised Messiah will come. Good news in the midst of bad news. Don't you want that too? Right? In this world of bad news, as we think about the events that go on in our world, in our own lives, right in our own hearts, don't we long for good news too? If you were here in church last night, or sitting in a different church last night, you undoubtedly heard those words. Those words spoken about 2,000 years ago of an angel to a small band of terrified shepherds who came and said, Tonight I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is that one promised from long ago. He is the Lord. This is God Himself coming to rescue His people. Friends, in a world of bad news, God comes to us with good news at Christmas that everything is not what it seems. That as you look at the world and you look at your life and even think about your sins and the evil that resides within you, God has some good news for you today. And that's the words, the words of that angel that night are echoes of these words of Isaiah before us this morning. Listen to that first verse. This is our first lesson again from Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah is led by the Spirit to say, "...how beautiful on the mountains..." Are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. Now, of course, in Isaiah's time, this is 2,700 years ago, uh, there's no cell phones, right? There's no email, there's no social media to get some sort of message out very quickly like we have today. It was human beings who had to take the message from one place to another. And, and these are messengers. Messengers who have this, this good news to share. And, and they, 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 they don't even wait to get to the city where the people are. Instead, they go to the mountaintop. Right? And, and they, they're running up the mountain to proclaim this good news to the city far away. And, and, and in the original, in the Hebrew, the way it's written, it's kind of choppy. So it's like they're out of breath. It's, it's like this. It's Peace. Good news, good tidings, salvation. Your God reigns. Right? They proclaim these words that they just can't wait to share. That in a world of bad news, there's good news to share. And the first to hear these words of good news, it's the watchman standing on the city walls. They hear the voices up on the mountains far away. They hear good tidings, salvation, peace. Right? And the picture here is Isaiah standing among the people in the city. And he says to them, listen, your watchmen. They're lifting up their voices. Together they're shouting for joy. So this message is being relayed from the mountains. The messengers are shouting that message to the watchmen and the watchmen to the people in the city. They're proclaiming joy, they're proclaiming peace. And you can just imagine what the people standing in that city are thinking. Seriously, good news. Really? Have you seen what we're going through? Have you heard about the destruction that's promised? Right? Do, do you see all the bad news around you? Good news? Salvation? Joy? God reigns? You can imagine those people in that city saying those words because you've said them yourself. Or at least thought them. How can there be good news in a world just filled with bad news? How can there be anything good when I look at what resides in me? What do I have to be joyful about on a day like today? God reigns? Really? Look at the world around us. Salvation? Where is it? And so Isaiah, responding to the people, says, he goes on and says, When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Here Isaiah is already talking as in past tense. That the Lord has already comforted his people. The Lord has already redeemed Jerusalem. Because what Isaiah is bringing out is that God is a God of his word. He is faithful. He keeps every promise. And so if God says he's going to do something, it's already as good as done. Even before that destruction comes, comfort is promised. Even before they will see that devastation, redemption is promised. That God would not leave them. That God would keep his promises to them. You can have joy even in the midst of your suffering. Even in the midst of not knowing what is to come. Because your God is faithful. Because your God will keep his promises. And then he goes on. He says, how do you know that this is going to happen? How do you know that the Lord is going to redeem Jerusalem? How do you know that comfort is coming? He says in verse 10, he says, The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations in all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. This picture of, of the Lord bearing his holy arm, kind of picture like rolling your sleeves up and getting to work. All right? I'm ready to do this. And that's what Christmas is all about. The Lord rolls up his sleeves and gets to work to fulfill every one of those promises that he made in the Old Testament. The hundreds of prophecies that that Messiah would come to give his people hope and peace and comfort were now coming to fulfillment. And what a way the Lord bears his holy arm, right? Not in a way we'd expect With a baby lying in a feeding trough, through a bloody cross, through grave clothes folded up in an empty tomb, the Lord bears his holy arm and comes and accomplishes salvation for his people. The Lord himself takes on flesh and comes and lives under the law, to live that law perfectly that you and I cannot that when that time had fully come, God sent His son to be born under that law, to redeem those under the law, to set us free from that law, that we are not burdened by it anymore, but we have been set free. The Lord bared his holy arm as he goes to a cross and allows himself to be nailed bare and to suffer hell, to be forsaken by his heavenly Father. So that you never have to be. So that you can know peace with God right now. So that you can have the promise of every sin forgiven. The Lord bared his holy arm as he rose victoriously from that grave on Easter Sunday. As you see your hope of life after this one. As you see the promise that death has been defeated. That Satan has been done away with. That all of your sins are gone for good in God's sight. He was raised to life for our justification so that we can stand in the presence of God as holy, righteous, blameless, right now and forever. The Lord himself has done this. The Lord himself has come here to this earth to accomplish what we could not Friends, this is good news of great joy that is for you and for all people. In a world of bad news, this is good news that matters today and tomorrow and forever. And I know, I know you hear this good news of great joy here this morning, and it sounds really awesome, but you're going to go back out in just a little while into a world of bad news, right? That bad news isn't going to stop. Not while you're in this world. Right? That, that bad news isn't going to continue to come. You're going to hear those things in the world around you. Right? Bad news is going to continue to come in your life. You're going to continue to struggle with your sinful flesh. But when you hear this good news of great joy, that a Savior has been born to you, a Savior lived for you, a Savior died for you, a Savior risen for you, a Savior ascended for you, a Savior ruling for you, Then all this bad news that we experience in this life is kind of put into perspective, isn't it? That all the bad news that we get in this life, really in the end, it's all going to be gone. We won't face these things anymore. Right? It helps you endure these things. It helps you go through these things knowing who I am in this Savior Jesus that I am loved, that I am forgiven, that I am a child of my heavenly father, that I am an heir of eternal life, and that he will not leave me as I go through this life of bad news. Right? When that pink slip comes, right? Or the, or the savings account is almost gone. The promise that if he has graciously given us his son, how will he not also along with him graciously give us everything that we need? Right? When you get that news that your loved one is near death, God comes to you with that promise. He comes to you with that good news that he has defeated death, that death is just our way into eternal life, and that you will see your loved one again. That is good news of great joy. And as you continue to struggle with that sinful flesh, As you continue to wonder, is there any good that resides within me? Know that it's the Lord who fights for you. He gives you his armor. He gives you you, his strength. He gives you his forgiveness as you continue to wage war with your sin every day. Your Savior does not leave you, but, but he was tempted in every way, just as you are, but was without sin, so that he can sympathize with you and your weaknesses. That is good news of great joy. That Emmanuel, God with us, still resides with us today in word and sacrament. He comes to us and strengthens us and gives us hope, gives us the promise of a future. That the Lord has done all this for us. That the Lord continues to be with us. That the Lord, as he's made every promise, he will fulfill every promise. Because there's still one to be fulfilled, isn't there? That he will come back and take us to be with him. Right? When we will get to spend an eternal Christmas with our God. When we will get to be in the presence of God himself. When all of these promises are made true in his word. All because of this Christ child sent that Christmas. God's word made flesh. God's promises made and fulfilled. That's good news. That's good news of great joy that is for all people. And that includes you. Amen. And the peace of God.